This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey, everybody, it's Tamar Weinberg, and today I am with somebody who has done some Wow, I just, you know, she's famous. She's been on TV. So it's even cooler. Um, I have Terrison Dupuis with me, and she is here to share her story about where coming from an area of loss and and to somewhere that, I mean, being on TV. So I'm, I'm very impressed that I'm already, I'm honored to be graced with your presence here and to have you join me. And please tell me a little bit about yourself and, and introduce yourself. Oh my God. So first of all, I am not a celebrity, (laughs) nor am I famous. Um, In level, that's what I like to say. I'm an in level celebrity, (laughs) like way down the alphabet. Um, But uh, yeah, a little bit about me. I'm an entrepreneur and um, I'm an inventor. And the first product that I invented, I didn't set out to disrupt an industry or make any massive change. I was just trying to solve the diaper rash problem for my own baby. (laughs) And I had been looking for my million dollar idea for probably 10 years. I knew I was going to do something. I just didn't know what it was. And when my baby had really severe diaper rash, I um, thought outside the box and started using cloth diapers. And that was just really not my cup of tea, um, so to speak. So I decided I was going to make a better cloth diaper. And that worked for me, and turns out it worked for millions of other people as well. And it became a really interesting phenomenon. You know, it was the modern cloth diaper movement was started in I guess 2000. They had some diapers before then, but they, you know, I don't, I didn't like them. So I think a lot of people, a lot of other people didn't like them too. And you know, it, it became the little business that grew like crazy you know one diaper turned into four and four turned into 16 and before you know it I have a manufacturing facility that I'm running and distributing products all over the globe and and um it was an incredible ride but it was not easy so um you know I did that for about 12 years went on Shark Tank with that product and um after that life took a very sharp turn left and something that Robert Hershevec had said to me in the tank it burned my eardrums (laughs) you know it just it burned within my ears and uh, he told me the problem was me and that's a lot but it didn't make it to air and I was very thankful that it didn't make it to air but I heard him loud and clear you know and I went home starting to think well you know where was I the problem in my business you know and figured a lot of that out over a span of five years and somehow found the courage and the strength and to start another consumer product brand after selling fuzzy buns and and that traumatic experience and just doing it bigger and better and in a different industry and still trying to improve quality of life for people and and you know take an active role in my own journey as well so and empowering other women to do the same so that's my story wow wow yeah, so I, I can imagine that it's it's difficult to kind of hear from somebody who I guess, you know, I watch Shark Tank. So and I actually I literally I was grabbing I, I, I eat one meal a day. I actually have been going to the gym and I just came to the gym and I just had food 
and I was sitting and I just watched a shark tank. Um, you know, I watched somebody in the tank and then I came over here and we started this podcast. So I'm just trying to establish how close I, I just, you know, had had watched the last version of my shark tank journey. Um, I mean, it's hard because you definitely see um, people who, to some degree, a lot of people look up to as mentors saying things that, you know, are, are disconcerting and definitely are blows to the ego, especially when you're trying to build your own thing. So. Yeah. Um, how did you internalize that experience? And I mean, I don't, I don't think that's, I, I don't think it's a negative because I think it's just a way for you to find yourself and to build yourself up even stronger. Um, yeah. you know, naysayers are not like, you know, the, the premise of my brands, I, I start, you know, I started as fragrance brands and it's all about being your authentic self, being real about who you are. So in your, in your story, just tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what, how that affected you because I'm sure that was hard. It really was. And, um, you know, I liked him a whole lot. He's probably the shark that I liked the best <laughs> going yeah. into Shark Tank. So to hear that from him specifically was, yeah, it was a huge blow to my ego and it, it, it hurt my little sensitive heart. <laughs> but at the time, I don't, I don't think I was in touch with that sensitive side of me. I was, um, success had changed me and, in a very big way. You know, I was, when I started my business, I was this little hippie Birkenstock wearing crunchy mom, you know, that's using cloth diapers and attachment parenting and all these things. And, you know, it got to a point where business suits took the place of Birkenstocks and I started making money and it was the first time in my life I ever had money. And, um, I just really got sucked into that to that lifestyle and it was not me. I was not my authentic self at all and really and truly when I in retrospect when I look at everything that whole my whole earlier career it's when I lost myself that my business started um, having some really big problems you know the first five years were fine the second five years or five to seven they were not fine and you know that's the one thing that I can pinpoint is you know I got lost I lost myself I started making really poor decisions that were based not really in the best interest of the company, but probably in the best interest of myself. And um, yeah, ego ego has a way of really taking over even people with the best intentions. And um, it's something I would have never said probably would have happened to me, but it did happen to me. So hearing him say the problem was me. I just, that's all I heard was, well, how am I the problem? How am I the problem? And started peeling back the onion, you know, well, I uh, was using alcohol as a very big coping mechanism. You know, my life was crazy and that's, that was my go-to, you know, five o'clock, open up the bottle of wine and that starts becoming more problematic and then a real solution for me. So I had to look at my issues surrounding that and, uh, and I did and, um, that had life-changing results for me as well. It's amazing what happens when you remove alcohol from your life. Um, you start seeing things a little bit more clearly and then, you know, just looking into some of the more deeper issues within myself and I'm a trauma survivor and that that had probably a bigger part to play for me in my journey than alcohol ever did. You know, alcohol was just a way for me to, to not have to deal with it, you know, but removing that, then I had to deal with all of those things and, um, and effectively did and went on this really long, amazing healing journey into finding finding out who I really was and what the problems really were and and um and recovering from that. So um yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it's very challenging because in general, people, you know, they they obviously you you're investing so much in it, and yeah, and in 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 order to kind of be beholden to your stakeholders in whatever way, whether they're your customers or the investors or whoever, um, there's definitely that element of, you know, changing who you are in order to accommodate the people around you. And Mm -hmm. that's very difficult. I think in general, people in general, they struggle with that. And yeah, you definitely, I think people have lose touch with who they are. Um, You know, I'm trying to create a business to kind of, overcome for me personally the things that I've lost but I wasn't I didn't lose that in business I lost that just in interpersonal relationships it's like only in the last I would say year I've really been able to start living again and Mm -hmm. it's it's hard it's definitely very very difficult so yeah for you I mean tell me tell me a little bit about like um you know what what that transformation looked like for you and like how you've been able to kind of take that and bring that forward for yourself oh god that's such a big question <laughs> well, good i was so scared that uh, it wasn't i like the uh i like the term failing forward um you know using all of my adversity and my failures and my my trials to catapult you know life version two into something beautiful but what did the journey look like I don't know life is really messy right. <laughs> um, I don't know I, I use I use surrender on a daily basis and and just kind of see what happens you know I have a very I have a very robust spiritual life and um, and that's that's really what has done it for me um, I don't know surrender and look for the next right thing in the in the in my in the in my path and, and feel confident that whatever that is, is what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's just, you know, a reliance on something outside of myself because myself is all ego, you know, and unless I'm tapping into something else, then I'm relying on me. And that's never, it's never a really good place to place to be. So, uh, yeah, surrender is a, is a big thing for me. And I talk about it a lot. Cool. Yeah. It's a good way. Good, good way to look. Do you, do you use, Socially, any of the, your family, friends, are they, do they make an impact? Do they influence you and they motivate you in any way on this? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess they do. I have a pretty good support system in my life, but um, I don't know. I really don't know what motivates me. It's, it's like this internal drive that I have, and it doesn't, it doesn't come from outside. It never really has, and I've had it for a long time. Um, it's just like this inner knowing of what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. And this, you know, I I set a goal for myself when I was 14 years old and that was a really long time ago. I'm not going to say what my age is, but it was a very long time ago. (laughs) Um, and I've had my eye on this prize for 30 something years. And, um, that, I don't know that, that drive to make a difference in the world and knowing that I can, maybe even if it's in a small, a little bitty small way, that drive is, it, it comes from in, inside. It comes from my core. It comes from my soul, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't try to figure those things out. I just try to live by them. You know, it's really interesting. A lot of what you've said is very relatable to me. Like, for mm. example, going through trauma, wondering, for example, that my that I could be an issue with way the way things have performed to date in some of the things and the ventures that I've in partaken in Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, right now, the, what you said is, is I, I have no external forces that are making me do what I'm doing. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I have children and I'm beholden to my family financially, but what is actually making me do these things? It's me. It's not, it's not anybody else. Right. You know, and it's also me trying to, for example, health is a big focus for me right now. Cause I just wasn't, like I say, I didn't really start living in, until like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And what is motivating me to like, you know, make sure I'm running every single day or going to the gym. Honestly, I hate all of those things, but I do it because there's something, there's like this flame inside of, you know, you and me that is really kind of making, propelling us forward. And right. I love I, that you said flame. I love that you said flame because that's, that's exactly how I feel it is. Like, you know, I, 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 um, I talk to people about it being like this seed that's planted, you know, some sort of seed of consciousness that's already pre-programmed. It knows exactly what you're going to do. If you just listen to that and follow it, you're good. You know, you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. You know, I think we all have our own unique path that we, we came in here for and, and, um, you know, following it. It's our passions. It's our desires. Yeah. Do you, do you have any sort of internal like motivators that help you like any cues, whether physical or mental or whatnot? Do you have any sort of regimen that kind of helps you in, in directing you? I meditate, but I don't know if that's really what you're looking no, for. No, it's exactly what I'm looking for. Yes, <laughs> yes. What's your daily What's your daily ritual here? Oh, my daily ritual. I don't skip skimp on this for the world. I uh, first thing I do when I open my eyes is is just tap into that place of surrender, you know, and ask the universe, okay, what are we doing today? Today, you know, what do you have in store for me? I'm going to follow your lead because following mine is not the right, you know, the right thing. Um, I can get all kinds of confused up in my own head, but you know, I tap into that surrender and um, ask for direction during the day, and and then meditate for a little while, and then I get up and have my coffee and and just be still. You know, I used to get up and check my email at six thirty, <laughs> run to you know the kitchen, fix breakfast for the kids, go to work. And, you know, be like a maniac all day long. But ha- having that morning routine for me, it just starts me off on the good on a good foot. I wish exercise was a part of that. It's not. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the next step for me. But um, just being centered and mindful and calm, it's it's a good way to, to start. And it works. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and it's never too late to start with the exercise. No. I, did, I, I was, you know, I was athletic, but then I, for, I, I took a hiatus for 30 something years and now, now <laughs> I'm going, well, 20 something years, but now I'm going back to it. And, you know, I think it's just, I just, I look at myself, I, I started writing a memoir and, um, in 2014, it's funny because I didn't, I forgot about it. And then I, I, I reopened it like three days ago. And I started reading it and I had this like introduction in 2014 and, and like I was talking about, I was, I was defending like, you know, the fact that I was sedentary <laughs> and I just look at myself now and I'm like, what a difference. So yeah. it's, it's definitely not too late to start up again. So yeah, those, um, those memoirs, those memoirs are powerful. I uh, started writing one in 2013 and um, I'm about finished. So it's a seven year journey of this entrepreneurial Cinderella story, which has been my life. Um, and very, very interesting. It's, it's journaled. It's, you know, 
what it looks like to really heal from trauma. It's not an entrepreneurial story, although it begins with failing from one business and starting and succeeding with another one over seven years. It's like, it's really about all the things that happen between those two things and how do you get from one place to the other without, you know, wanting to kill yourself some days. And some days I did, you know, it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I, I completely identify with that. I mean, you know, I, I was, I didn't even realize I had 10 years, nine years of postpartum depression, not to mention, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was, a, I was also like a, you know, a trauma survivor. Um, right. And, and not, not realizing rather that I was enduring the trauma while I was in the postpartum depression. So not like emotionally the taxing on like the, the way it was taxing on me emotionally, like it's, it's unfathomable, but you just, you don't know that you're there when you're there. And, right. But then when you're out, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was, that was a, a massive awakening for me. You had, you'd asked me a question, a few questions back about like, what did that look like for you? And that was a very big wake up call for me that, you know, I was going through this little group for trauma survivors and we were going through all the different, um, how it affects your life, you know? And I had always thought, oh, well, you know, alcohol was really the problem or this is why I was doing all these, these different things, but it was really the effects of trauma that were, was causing me to trust people that I sh had no business trusting in business or allowing people to take things from me because I didn't know how to say a give a strong no. Um, it all had its roots in early childhood experiences and would have never guessed it. You know, I thought I was doing great because I was making a lot of money, right? But I wasn't doing great. And, you know, I think this is a, a similar story for a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs that are looking outside of their business for the things to make it work instead of looking at, okay, I'm the captain of my ship here. Maybe I should be in, in really good working order too. You know, it's not just the marketing or the balance sheet or the product, it's, you know, we're a part of this equation. And if we're broken, there's gonna be parts of our business that's gonna be broken too. Right, yeah, there's definitely that element of vulnerability that I think we're all subject to, even when we're okay. But yeah. I think it's it's a lot more, it's we're not a lot more pronounced when we're mm -hmm. in this this lower state. And it also, it comes back to centering yourself, surrendering, your, surrendering yourself, as you say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, the, where you are in your career right now and where you think you're going to be. The, oh my God, this is such a good question. And I have such an amazing answer. And I, I, <laughs> I thought about it last night because I felt like I'm at the bottom, right? Like I've done this once before. I've had a, a really great career. I fell apart, my entrepreneurial life fell apart, but now I feel like I'm at the bottom, but it's it's not. I'm at the bottom of the next amazing part of my life. You know, like I'm at the bottom of this second part of, of my life that's just, I know is gonna be incredible, but I'm not at the bottom. I'm just at the bottom of the next phase. It's, you know, and you know, I, I have a good visual for you. So, <laughs> you know, you know, you look at like hills, nooks, like you look at like a, a big mountain range, and you're like, you, you've come off the big mountain, but you're not completely at the bottom of that mountain. You're kind of at the beginning of the next mountain, which is, you know, still kind of there. I, I hope that that visual. Right, no, that's perfect. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that's perfect. I've done all this hard climbing, you know, and uh, so I'm at the bottom of the, is it called the apex of the mountain? Or 
Maybe. You know, it's like I'm at that little foothill. Right. <laughs> you're, you're not quite on the bottom of the first one because the second one kind of started in the middle of the first one. Yeah. Right. But I've already climbed a huge mountain. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like just it. trying to get to that. But there's so much uncertainty, which is always the scary part. And I think for entrepreneurs in general, like, you and not me, um, there's, a, there's a challenge of, is this going to be our, our next, is this going to be the next big thing? But, you know, I, we have faith yeah. in each, each other, and um, I think that, that it will be. So. Yeah, I, I went through um, a lot of uncertainty maybe six or nine months ago. I started working on my next venture 18 months ago. I was working for Fuzzy Buns for three years. Um, and decided I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't, I was miserable, I was sick. It was going nowhere, I wasn't being productive, and I just couldn't do it, you know. Um, the founder didn't want to invest any more money into it, and I, who could, I couldn't really blame him. But um, decided to take this huge leap of faith and go, okay, well, I'm leaving everything, you know, and I'm starting to work on my underwear, which I'd been wanting to work on for 20 years. And, um, and I did that, but you know, during this time, like, I don't know where I'm going to, how I'm going to make money. I don't know how I'm going to support myself and bootstrap this business at the same time. Like there was a lot of that uncertainty and that fear of, okay, if I go all in here, how, you know, how am I going to pay rent? Like that's, that's been my last, almost my last six months. And for some reason, maybe it's the surrender thing. I don't know. I've been provided for every single step of the way, you know, and I feel like whatever it is that's out there making all of this stuff work, um, it has all those answers. And, and, and if I just let go and follow it and look for the next right thing, it's there for me. And like, it's become more and more clear as I've looked for those signs, um, that I am on the right track. But yeah, I was just crippled with, I don't know what to do. Do I look for a job? Do I keep on doing this full time? You know, I can't do both, but the answers have always appeared. You know, I like, I like the term miracles. I, you know, I have miracles almost every day in my life. And, um, and that fear has since evaporated. I just don't feel it anymore. And I don't worry. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a there's an element of I mean, for me, I, there is a little bit of worry. But at the same time, it's kind of it's dissipated a lot. You know, there's mm -hmm. that self trust, knowing that you would regret not having done it, you know, and that's that's the big thing. I'm reading a lot of books these this time, like, you know, as part of my self improvement, my exercise regimen, I've also adopted this, this religious um, reading regimen. No, I make sure that's part of a ritual, whether or not it's a morning ritual, it never is. But, you know, I make sure I do that. And a lot of these books, it's just the same recurring theme. Right. If you didn't do it, you would regret. People do not, people die not regretting the things that they've done, but regretting the things that they haven't. Right. Right. That's so true. I will die with no regrets. I can tell you that. Right. Uh, not a one. So it's, it's, it's an amazing way to exist. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, everything follows. It, I I agree with the word miracle. Also, I think that you know while for me there's a lot of uncertainty because I'm at, like at the point where I'm pre-launch on a product that I'm almost re-educating a market um, mm. because I'm making fragrance, personal fragrance, into the wellness play because for me it saves me. It was a wellness for my mental health and my happiness. So all mm. of that kind of is a tandem. Um, they work in tandem for me. 
That's a, that's a huge, huge thrust in a direction that the market hasn't seen yet. And I would like to think it's going to happen, and I believe in it. I, I can be healthy and, and, uh, and smell good at the same time. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what it is. It's funny because it's, it's weird. I, I wasn't invested in personal hygiene in this way, and now it's not even – it's personal fragrance. It's, it extends to everything else that I use in, like, you know – I, I bought. I, I went. I went a little crazy. I bought natural deodorant. I bought native natural deodorant. I bought all of them because I wanted. I got so into scents that I'm like, it extends to other products in the scent market, and it yeah, it makes you happy. I think it makes it makes me happy because of the mindset that I go into bringing into it. It's really yeah. interesting. It's something that seriously, I, not a year ago, about about 16 months ago, I would never have pers- predicted that I'd be here. Huh. So. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Maybe you fo- followed that little voice inside. <laughs> I didn't know that that voice was there. That voice, was, it all started with me being super depressed. And I had, you know, it was a trauma that I had just endured. And it was the postpartum depression that I didn't realize was kind of lingering within. And I put it, I put on perfume one day. And it, because my mindset was so different, I wasn't putting it on for other, other people, which a lot of people do. I was just putting it on because I was curious. And mm-hmm. that curiosity manifested somewhere else because we, your mind isn't thinking about it in that the same way. And all of a sudden, I started inhaling it and breathing it in and breathing it in throughout the day because I put it on with a little spark of desire. Like all of a sudden, I, want, I was desired because I didn't have any. I was, I was like a bum. I was like sitting there doing nothing. And... And all of a sudden I put it on and that throughout the day, I I kept whiffing it, taking whiffs. And I was like, wow, I want to live again. Like it was so weird. I can't say it was overnight because, but I I decided I love this. And it wasn't something I hadn't tried before. It was not the first time I had worn this fragrance, but because Mm -hmm. of the, the, where my mind was, the mental state that made all the difference. And I decided to try things again and again. I, I went to Sephora. I went to all of the, I, I ended up asking the free cycle people, do you have perfume that you don't want? And I got a ton of samples and I was able to try different things. And I was like, every, I didn't love everything, but there was certainly experiences that I was able to have that I hadn't had before. And mm-hmm. it pushed me, it pushed me in a direction of, I got to do something in the fragrance business. And otherwise, I mean, where would I be? Professionally, where would I, where would I be? So it, it, it really put me in this, I have to be an entrepreneur because it helps me and I think I can help other people, but I also don't want to be restricted. I, I, I really, this is a, for me, it's not about a fragrance. It's about a mission. Right. Of, oh, yeah. Way, it, yeah, because of the way it made me feel. And I think that everybody, literally everybody, even the people who say, oh, perfume gives me migraines, everybody can benefit um, not all perfume gives people migraines. There's certain chemicals that are made, and you know I try to definitely keep it sustainable and all the all the natural ingredients. I could only oils, um, only oils, natural oils on me. Yeah, um, the, I'm one of those people. Gives me a headache. I wish you'd be outlawed in church. <laughs> <laughs> That's a challenge. Yeah, the office environment and the churches and and, and exactly. all, all the public spaces. It's a challenge. I definitely see that. But, you know, I think also in general, you, you don't, you, you're not supposed to put it on aggressively for the world, for other people. On airplanes. Airplanes. Yeah, and airplanes. That's a challenge, too. I don't know if I would do it for airplanes because that's really enclosed and you're in that tin box for how, as long as you are in, in it for. But 
um, you know, it's not about putting it on to overpower, but it's putting it on enough so that you, throughout the day, if you sniff your wrists, it be, first of all, that should be something that it's a natural, it's a natural of who you are. It, I want sniffing your wrist to be something that, that people do not see as a weird thing. Like I do it throughout the day and I, it, it brings me back and it makes me happy again. Yeah. So, and I, because it smells so good, you know, that's also part of it. If you, if you put on too much that then, then yeah, it's going to be outlawed in all the public places. But if you put on just enough that you can continually experience it throughout the day, then that's, that's the difference. You know, essential oils, you put it on and it's almost forgotten, but I want to have, I'm creating a scent that it's, it, it'll, it, it is long lasting, but it's not something that like the the people people around you might smell it, but it's it's one of the things that around you it'll die down. But when it's with you, it'll stay with you. If oh, that makes sense, cool. yeah. Cool. So yeah, so that's part of my self care regimen. I guess the question for you is what? Tell me a little bit about your self care regimen, your self love regimen, as you said. Yeah, I think I think just being mindful and um, and kind with myself is that's just where I'm at today, you know, um, setting appropriate boundaries with people. That was not, that was not a thing for me for a long time. I don't think I was really ever, I don't, didn't know how to do that. Um, so yeah, protecting myself against toxic people, um, that it, that pertains to business as well. Like everything that pertains in my personal life is carried over in business, which is good. Um, and trying to eat healthy foods, you know, uh, use my essential oils when necessary and just trying to keep an environment that's, that's beautiful. You know, um, I feel beautiful on the inside. I want my outside environment to be, um, the same. I can't always make that happen. So, um, you know, I limit my time in public too. Um, that's cause toxic people affect me. I'm very sensitive. Um, and they can bring me down. So just, I'm very, just very conscious about how I live my life um, and the things that I do and who I surround myself with. You know, to me, that's self-love. Yeah. It's very difficult because, you know, that toxicity is so pervasive, I think. Oh. We all have some elements of that. And I've, I've seen that. I mean, that's where my recovery comes from. There's toxicity that kind of put me in this thrust for betterness betterment you know right so. right I didn't realize how how much a toxic person could affect my energy just from being in the same breathing space with them like they don't even have to open their mouth it's just their <laughs> their presence that you know can put me in a bad mood it's really strange and interesting um so yeah, <laughs> I, I totally I totally get that. Um, there was an the other day I was sitting next to somebody. I won't I won't elaborate on the specifics here, but I felt this negative energy that was so so. Oh my god! It's like this. It's weird. It's such a weird thing because you don't really know that. But then I heard some words come out of this person's mouth, <laughs> and it completely reflected the fact that she was really exuding this negative energy. Like it wasn't something that I was sure of until words came out of her mouth. And right. it was just such, oh, it's that kind of stuff. It, I, I felt anxiety sitting mm -hmm. next to that energy. And yeah, I believe someone I was today for that, for that same reason. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just too close a proximity. If I could live in a snow globe, I would. I mean, that's my running joke. I oh, nope, I don't watch TV. I live in my snow globe. That's not in my snow globe. <laughs> I gotta I like go it. In my snow globe for two days. <laughs> See you when I feel better. <laughs> I, I definitely, definitely appreciate that. I I need to use that phrase because. I have yeah. enough snow globes that my uh, my children actually understand what that is. They would understand that I need to be shut down from people and shut down from the world. It's, it's also, yeah. I guess I could, I, I, I assume that you're an introvert to some degree that you do need to withdraw as well. Yeah, I thought I was an extrovert for a really long time. I'm an extroverted introvert. I have now realized um, I'm an I'm the first person who said that on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge, um, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, are probably introverted people and that want to make a difference in the world, right? Like, why do we even go there if we don't want to make a difference? Right. Um, I don't know any. Well, maybe some. Actually, I do know some entrepreneurs that started business to make money. You know, and while that's definitely why I'm, why I'm starting a business, it's really a desire to make a difference. And I think that rings true for a lot of, especially female entrepreneurs. You know, they're trying to do something. They want to make the world a better place. They want to help people. Um, And that's all the telltale signs of introverts Um, and highly sensitive people, you know. Right. And I think that extroverts, uh, I'm sure there are entrepreneurs who are extroverts, but I also feel that they're they're already happy in their people-focused businesses. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're not thinking, oh, well, when I withdraw, because they don't need to withdraw, they're they're trying to in, to mentally process what they could be doing otherwise. Right. So we have we have to withdraw. And when we withdraw, we're not thinking about people. We're thinking about, yeah, how do we make the world a better place? Or not yeah, all the time. Yeah, I can do it. That is, that is an internal drive for me. Um, you know, and I don't know why. Someone asked me the other day, she goes, why, why are you so willing to put all of your, all of your trauma, all of your recovery, all of these personal things, like, why are you so willing to talk about that with people? Um, and I'm like, well, because if it gives one person hope, it makes everything that I've had to live through worth it. You know, if I can give one person hope that recovery is possible, that a beautiful life after severe trauma is possible, then I've done my job. You know, it it, it makes it, it gives it a purpose because otherwise, what is it all for? Yeah. That's how I feel in my, in my heart and in my, in my head. I mean, yeah, when you're in your lowest of your lows, you never think that you're going to survive. And like you you said, like, I don't, sometimes you don't necessarily think you're going to be living again, you know, or living that much longer. And right. then all of a sudden you come out of that and it's surprising. Wow. The world could actually, the, your life could be better than it was for, you know, maybe a couple of years throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I could not, I could not have imagined what's about to happen, you know, or even being in the place that I am today, seven years ago, I I just couldn't see it. I knew that there was a purpose to everything that was going on. I knew it. I knew it was preparing me for this next this next journey. Like I just knew that in my in my core that it had some sort of a purpose. And um, so I just wrote it wrote it out. 
yeah. and um, and kept that faith that something bigger is going on, and I don't have to understand what it is. I just have to participate, you know, and and stay alive and stay sober long enough to um to have you know to heal. I guess. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the universe has in store for me? <laughs> right. And but but the fact that we're already here and that we've overcome so much. I yeah. mean, things cannot get much like you know I, I think you and I to some degree we're 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 in our infancy in terms of launching our new initiatives mm-hmm. and yet there's no way looking back at what we were what we have left behind in order to come here there's nowhere where to go but up so yes you're going on right. climbing that second mountain and right. you, that that mountain at the top of that it's going to be amazing and it'll be there'll probably be a little more more climbing to do when you get to the top. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But I, I do feel like the heavy lifting um, part of part of the journey is is over. You know, there's nothing that can happen that would be as bad as the things that I've already experienced. You know, or had have had to go go through. You know, and my mind goes like, well, you know, someone can die. Okay. Well, that's about the worst thing that you know. Or I could get sick. And that would be okay too, you know. Um, people get sick, people die, you know. Things change. About you know, there's nothing that could compare to anything else that I've already been through, um, you know. So it's like okay, whatever. You know, acceptance too, surrender and acceptance. Those that's my mantra. You know, I surrender and I accept whatever it is that's supposed to happen. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I, I peace. I completely, completely understand this. Like, I couldn't see myself. I would look back at the things that kind of would be stressors to me today, mm-hmm. and they would be massive stressors in the past. But now it's, yeah, it's an acceptance, knowing yeah. that it's not so bad, and you could still change your reality. Do you want to change your reality? Like, God forbid, I mean, God forbid in some way. Um, you know, things work don't work out financially and you have to make some financial adjustments mm-hmm. okay so accept it you, you know we have our family we have our health and it's weird to look at this is we, this is weird that my past self would not be able to see it in this light it would be like the it would be one of the worst things that would happen to me and now it's like you know what mentally i'm in a, such a different place that i'm able to embrace this and to recognize that there's more emotional happiness that envelops who I am that mm-hmm. the financial stress of what it was in the past is not, it's still a stressor, but it's not a stressor. That's not the, it's not a do or die kind of stressor. Right. Not the end of the world. There's always exactly. a solution. Yeah. And, and you know what, sometimes we're just going to have to experiment to take the, the solutions into your hands. Like the fact was that I couldn't figure out how to do that. And now I'm like, you know what, I'm creating my future. I need to do that. That's what that's what part being an entrepreneur is part of, like being able to create to to not be beholden to other people, but to put take take your reality and seize it by its horns. You know. Yeah, I just wrote a response to someone's article about that very same thing. They were, you know, complaining about you know the New Orleans ecosystem not being not supporting entrepreneurs. I'm like, hold on, if you're a real entrepreneur, you'll go find the solutions the solutions that you're looking for. You know, you're not going to sit around and wait. Or a place to evolve, or more incubators to start, or more people to, to invest. You'll go and find the money. You'll go find the resources, and you will make it happen. Right. That's what being an entrepreneur is. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> but go do. 
You it's know? sort of it's sort of the same thing as like a grunt worker and you're so unhappy in your quote unquote dead end job. Well, you know, you don't have to be in that dead end job. Find create your own either moonlight and, and build something separately because you're not working. Hopefully you're not working however many t- 24 times seven hours a week. You're not right. working all those time. You, you take take an hour or two a day and start building something and then make that happen. Take the initiative right. to, to create your future because we all have the ability to do that. Right. No, totally agree. Yeah. Totally so, agree. So let me let me ask you another question. Um, looking at yourself today, if you can give advice to your early self, pre-company number one, before 1998, whatever it was, if you can give yourself some advice, what would your advice be? Keep the Birkenstocks on the ground. I like it. I like it. Don't don't dress up or don't don't get business casual because it's all about enjoying the life. Yeah. Don't even don't even buy that first Fendi purse or the boots or you know all of that stuff. Just don't do it. You know, keep the Birkenstocks on your feet. Stay grounded, um, and beware of the Joneses. You know, that that would be my sink my most valuable advice to myself. Beware. I like it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So tell me, Teresa, where can people find you and follow your journey and, and buy products or whatever? Share, share your, share your, your, your social links and your URLs. Yeah, there's a few places people can find me, and I'm going to spell my name because it's not an easy one. Um, they can go to terrasondupuy.com, which is T-E-R-E-S-O-N-D-U-P-U-Y.com. Um, all, of my, all of my links are there. Uh, they can follow Terrason on Facebook if they care to, or Terrason Dupuy on Instagram. I'm not a big Instagrammer. Um, but if they really want to connect with me, they can buy my book, Superpowers for Entrepreneurs, on Amazon. Um, and it's everything that we've talked about. I outline exactly how to do the things that I've done. I've basically taken the 12 steps, which are made pretty popular in addiction recovery programs, and I've altered them for entrepreneurs. So no addiction required. It's you know If you really want to run a business based on surrender, and you want to make sure that you are not the problem in your business. This gives someone all of the tools that they need to start incorporating a little bit more spiritual power into their life. They don't even have to be a spiritual person. But, um, you know, step one is knowing what we can't control. You know, when we can get a, our heads around our control issues, we can be open to what, you know, something else is trying to guide us into um, doing and you know she talks about a little bit about our faith in the universe or consciousness and meditation and um, looking at our own character liabilities and what might be based in trauma and how to let some of that stuff go and it's not it's not that difficult you know it's not as hard as, as you might think so uh, superpowers for entrepreneurs on Amazon and um, yeah and then I, I coach sporadically when I have time if people want to work with me and all that. Cool. So your memoir is going to be another book then, I guess. That's going to be another book. Um, this company, it's called Uni Underwear, by the way. Um, they can go to loveuni, Y-O-U-N-I.com. Um, we're, we're looking for people to test our product right now. 
Uh, they're not for sale, probably not until the first quarter of next year. But um, next year, twenty twenty or twenty one. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. 2020. That's that's very soon. Very soon. Yes. Yes. I'm heading your way, literally at five a.m. to go to go work with our designers to finish all the technical design on it. So you know, hopefully, if if anybody leaks anything, if they need leak proof underwear. They can purchase them from us and hopefully be one of our first uh, our first customers. But yeah, um, the memoir is called "Refusing to Drown," and it is my hope that that book inspires just inspires people and gives them hope. Whether they're an entrepreneur, trauma survivor, um, in recovery, not in recovery, that you know somehow it sparks some sort of hope because we all need that. Well, I already feel hopeful just listening to everything you've shared. And I, I look forward to reading all these things. I think that'll be, you know, I, I, I as you can tell, I, I, I find myself, I surround myself with the books that help me uh, seize the day. And I do believe that these align with that completely. So I'm looking forward to that. And I can't wait. So tell me when, when that, that the memoir is about to come out because it's definitely I will. on my radar. <laughs> awesome. Well, so, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 